This snippet comes from episode 108 of Activist MMT with Jonathan Wilson called Cool Stuff and the Reality of the Petrodollar, Cascade of Liabilities, at around the 26-minute, 30-second mark of the interview proper. I, th I think after moving to Austin, I really found that I had a lot more time to, to do research. For a, for a number of reasons, like, cause, you know, when I started a new job, things were really slow at the beginning and I didn't know anyone out here and it was the pandemic. So it was not like I could go out and do anything. So I was like, all right, I'm either going to watch TV or I'm going to read articles about economics. And so I read hundreds of articles between uh, Bill Mitchell's blog and uh, New Economic Perspectives. Hmm. Then... I think probably the first like MMT book that I ever bought was uh, Clint Ballinger's mm. uh, Thousand Castaways book, which I which is very nice. good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, listeners, go out and, and get a copy of that. I have a, I interviewed him on the book. Yeah, real smart guy. So I read him. I read Brian Romanchuk, uh, Pavlina. And then I got around to reading um, the Deficit Myth. After a while, I, I I had read so much, I knew that um, it would mostly be review for me. Mm -hmm. But I decided to read The Deficit Myth because I wanted to understand the language and the framing and the pedagogical strategies that Stephanie used in order to make these topics accessible. Mm -hmm. You know, and just, and because that's something that she's often unfairly criticized for is not going super in depth into you know, uh, topics that, you know, mainstream economists want her to talk about in the deficit myth. It's an, un it's an unfair criticism because it's, it's a book aimed at the popular audience. You know, you, you would just be turning them off if you had, you know, hundreds of, of footnotes and, you know, appendices and all, and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to get a sense of like, you know, where, what is the expectation for a more, public focused uh writing because that's because i was thinking about starting my own website at the time and i've used sort of some of her strategies and, and sort of tone in some of my own writing particularly in the most recent piece which we talked about a little bit uh yesterday in the day before mm -hmm. well did uh, did you learn something from the deficit myth anyway. I'm not, I'm not, you don't, you know, not necessarily you remembered every single thing, but did you feel like you actually learned something from it as opposed to it was just review? Probably. Um, my, my memory is not super great. So, you know, it all sort of just gets, you know, melded back there in a mush. There, there was probably one or two things. It was like, oh, okay, that's something I hadn't considered before, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you what they were. But mostly, but, so mostly it felt like a review for you. Yeah, yeah, I'd say it was ninety percent review. So yeah, if you're the type of person who has been reading Bill Mitchell's blog and the New Economic Perspectives, then the okay, deficit okay. review will, will just be a nice summary and consolidation of what you already know. Okay, okay. I have not read as much of Bill as many other people, so that I learn. I mean, I'm sure that that is a reason why. I mean, talk about in depth. Um, I did. I, I can't really remember what it was. It's you know I read it right pretty much right when it came out. But I remember feeling like 
I learned some pretty significant stuff from that book, even though I had been studying it for, it was 2020. So I had been studying it for two years at that point or two and a half years at that point. So oh, even what were though, some of the things that you thought were, I don't remember, I don't remember, but I remember the feeling of there were like two significant kind of like, I didn't know that, you know, and, and the fact that it, what it came, what, what struck me most aside from the specific is that she wrote a book for someone who knows nothing and yet someone who has been studying intensely at that point for like two, two and a half years got something very significant out of it. So that the fact that she can reach both of those audiences simultaneously is, is, is a good skill is, is an impressive thing. You know, it's, and actually it's, it's very similar to me. It, it, it evokes um, Pixar movies, like really good movies can appeal to both adults and kids at the same time, you know, and it's that kind yeah. of, uh, you know, and it, and it really, it's, it's just, it's genuine. It's real. It's not pandering. It's not, it's just, it just to me is like, if it's truly genuine, it's going to appeal to both audiences of, of less experienced and more experienced or whatever. You know, I just feel like, you know, Pixar movies are really good. They're really good. And there's some kids music actually, now that I'm thinking about it, Justin Roberts and some, and, and some of the kids albums from they might be giants. These are kids albums that I choose to listen to when I'm by myself. Like they're that good and the kids really enjoy them as well. So it's just that Hmm. being able to, being able to, roughly saying it, being able to dumb it down without treating them like they're dumb. I think that's kind of, that kind of summarizes it. That's a, that's a kind of out there and kind of a little broad, but, but that kind of is the feeling that, that I got from the deficit myth and that I get from the other things I was describing. Yeah, exactly. I I think she, um, she gives you some big concepts, but she, she trusts you to understand them, but she also sort of gives you the support to sort of walk your way up to it. You know, like she doesn't hit you right off the bat, you know, with all this complicated stuff. She's like, all right, let's go to the foundation. Let's talk about what you probably already know, but not in like a condescending way. And then Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, now that we've established a little bit of common ground, we can, you know, move forward into the claims that I'm going to try to make um, about the nature of taxation and spending. Right. Yeah. And she does, like I said, there's, 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 there's nuance that's, not there that you don't need to know unless you're going to have nerdy conversations, but she was smart to leave that out. I think. Yeah. I I didn't feel like anything was missing knowing that it's knowing its role in the overall, you know, uh, repository of academic stuff. You know, it, it fits it. She made a decision and she confidently went with that decision. Exactly. Exactly. Because yeah, because regular people don't need to know about uh, treasury central bank consolidation and you know philosophical questions about you know what is money is money really debt um, you know she just breaks it down it's like there's the government and then there's us. Mm-hmm. 
and the money goes back and forth between the two and between us. And just think about what that means if the government taxes away all the money mm-hmm. or doesn't spend any money. Right. It's kind of funny. I just spoke with Ron Placone. My episode 100 was Ron Placone. It was just released. And he actually read debt first. And then he read the deficit myth. And he was like, you know, the deficit myth just made – it was a lot easier to convince him because he because he had that, I mean, really kind of core foundation going in. So that was pretty cool. Um, uh, okay. So so uh, why don't we get into your, your uh, um, Petrodollar paper? Yeah, sure. 